are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. They're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we are recapping the Diamondbacks weekend, their Sunday game, their Saturday game. And then we're talking some Seth Beer. Now that he's on the big league level, we're using audio from my Spotify green room on Sunday. So you guys got to come join the Spotify green room one day so you could chat with me and talk some D-backs baseball. I also talked a little fancy football on the green room as well. So you always got to come join me on the green room when you can. I'm usually going live Sundays after the D-backs play. And also remember, you got to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. So you know when I go live for the green room or just follow the show account at Lockdown Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from Lockdown MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Lockdown MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, a jump right into the pod, and I want to first start off with Sunday's game against the Seattle's Mariners, the most recent game the D-backs played because the D-backs beat the Seattle Mariners in a series, getting their revenge after losing them, losing to them in a series just a couple weeks ago, just pretty recently. They just played uh, like a week and a half ago. They just played. So this was a good revenge series for the D-backs and a good series for the D-backs to play spoiler because the Mariners are still only a couple games within the AL East for a potential wild card spot. The Mariners at 77-66, 11 games above 500. This is one of the best seasons in Mariners franchise history in at least recent memory. The, Mar- the, the Mariners have the longest playoff drought of all the four American sports, basketball, football, baseball, hockey. The Mariners have the longest active playoff drought so the d-backs uh personally i don't care if the mariners make the postseason or not i i like seeing the d-backs play spoiler now i still want the d-backs to get the number one pick as well so it's kind of contradictory it's kind of a paradox but the d-backs can do both Uh, i think it makes it more intriguing more enticing these games to watch down the stretch and so the d-backs were able to beat the mariners two out of three this series and with sunday they had tyler gilbert on the mound and gilbert he's been pretty good actually this season uh he's still he's probably not I don't know if he's in a, a real rotation member. I don't know if you actually want Tyler Gilbert in your starting rotation, but 
the way he's pitched this season hasn't looked too bad for Tyler Gilbert. He's making a case that maybe he should have a spot for that number five rotation member next year. I'll have to sit down the offseason and evaluate all the options for the starting rotation next year before the D-backs sign free agents of who I think should be in the rotation going forward. But Tyler Gilbert is making his case. I mean, look at this starting game log for Gilbert. His first career start against the Padres, of course, he throws the no-hitter that we all remember because it was the, 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 the highlight of the season, of course. But after that, four earned runs over five innings, comes back to earth, nine hits allowed. But then after that, five innings, two earned runs, three hits, five innings, three earned runs, eight hits, seven innings, four hits, three earned runs. And then today, Tyler Gilbert, five and one-third innings pitch, two earned runs. Tyler Gilbert, he did give up two home runs, but two solo home runs. So you can live with that if you are a D-backs fan. So Tyler Gilbert has actually not been too bad of a pitcher this season. After today's game, it lowered his ERA all the way to 3.5. He only pitched 81 pitches today. He was doing a little bit of everything. If you looked at his pitching breakdown, he threw mostly cutters today, 39 of his 81 pitches were cutters, so 48%. Then he went 22 fastballs, a couple splitters, a knuckle curve, a couple sinkers. So he is someone that likes to use his full arsenal. He's not throwing the ball particularly hard. His fastball was harder today. Or excuse me, I take that back. I thought it was harder today on average. I was looking at the wrong number. His fastball usually is not very hard. Today, average 89.4 miles per hour. That's where it usually sits. That cutter sits at 86 miles per hour. And Tyler Gilbert, he's got a nice arsenal of pitches, at least. He can throw, uh, he, he's got a few pitches up his, up his sleeve. So he's not really reliant on one overall pitch. If you had to say what Tyler Gilbert's best pitch is, it probably is that cutter. The cutter has only an expected slugging of 338 this season, so it's been pretty effective. So has been his fastball and sinker. So those three pitches are probably his three main pitches that he likes to use. Cutter, mostly hammer that inside fastball a little bit too when he wants to go for the strikeout, or he might go for the sinker to really induce a ground ball because he's going to pitch to uh, contact. He's not going to strike out a ton of dudes. So if you need someone in your rotation, single ball pitcher, ground ball pitcher, serviceable, that can get out and pitch to contact, Tyler Gilbert's your guy. So far, he's limited, not getting shelled. He's given up a couple home runs, but men haven't been on bases. He hasn't put too many dudes on base. He hasn't really walked a ton of dudes so far. He usually averages around two walks a game. So he's not really doing too bad in that area too. So it's a lot of ball control for Tyler Gilbert, which is impressive. But Looking at the offense, you got Ketel Marte home run today. Marte, 11 home runs now on the season. Continues to just crush whenever he does play. But Ketel Marte did strike out three times today. The first time he strike, uh, struck out three times in the game in over two seasons. So it's not something that Ketel Marte does often. Dalton Varsho had a hit today as well. Seth Beer went two for four. Seth Beer so far, we're going to be talking about him later on the pod in segment number three to wrap up the pod. But Seth Beer has been on fire since being called up to the major league level. We know this is someone who we've wanted to see on the major league level for a while because of what he's been able to do in the minors. 
acquired in that Zach Greinke trade. And he's finally on the major league level and he's crushing it right now. So that's good to see. Offense does just enough today to get the win. You got five runs from your offense. Your pitching did well. Taylor Widener came in and even got a hold in today's game. Now, J.B. Wendell can try to blow the game late. Gave up two runs late in the game off a Kalenic home run who... Has been struggling this season offensively, but that's a good sign for Mariners fans to see a Kalenic home run, especially late in the game. Adds a little clutch factor to him. Maybe he has that clutch gene they hear some people on FS1 talk about. But overall, good Sunday win for the D-backs. They played spoiler. They got the series win, and now in their next series. I actually don't know who the D-backs are playing in their next series off the top of my head. The D-backs play a series against the LA Dodgers starting tomorrow. So it's going to be a chance for them to play spoiler against the Dodgers. Then they play the Astros after that. So the D-backs have a gauntlet upcoming. But at this point in the season against those kind of teams, if the D-backs can play spoiler and still finish with the number one pick, still finish with the worst record in baseball, I would count that as a W. But maybe you guys as D-backs Nation maybe you want to see them avoid the worst record in franchise history. I'm fine with that. If they could get the number one pick, the worst record in baseball, and avoid the worst record in franchise history, I'll take that trade off. Now we'll talk about the D-backs win Saturday night. But first, you got to tell me if this sounds familiar. You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about Saturday's game for the D-backs. And this was an interesting one. D-backs win 7-3. Umberto Castellanos is on the mound. He pitches all right. Five and a third, three earned runs. Gives up two home runs. Only goes 89 pitches. The bullpen was really good in that game, though. Giving up no earned runs. Giving up only two hits, and that's on the and that's on the back of Joe Mantipoli. So the bullpen does a great job of shutting down the Mariners after Castiano comes out the game. And the D-backs jump all over Corey Flexen, who over five innings gives up five earned runs and six hits. And really, the MVP of this game is Dalton Varsho, who absolutely took over this game. And he seemingly won the MVP of this game in the first few innings. I mean, he had a two-run home run in the fourth inning. He also had a two-run double in the sixth. So I guess he he did make MVP plays all over the game. He also robbed a, a ball that could have been a, a bloop single, maybe two. He came in, dove, and absolutely robbed a ball. And this was a game where the D-backs 
were struggling mightily in the recent couple of weeks. Of course, the D-backs, when they first started the second half, they started the second half hot, playing near 500 baseball those first 16 games. I think they started out like 8-8 eight and eight or something close to 500 in those first 16 games. But since then, the D-backs have struggled mightily. They've lost 11 of their last 12, entering Saturday's game. But Dalton Varsho was able to help the D-backs turn that around. He was all over the diamond. And this is someone who has been picking up steam recently. This is someone who has been on fire in recent months. Dalton Varsho has been a real joy to watch. He's one of those guys... When you say let the kids play, he's usually at the top of the list. Seth Beer was at the top of the list, and he's finally getting his chance to play. Dalton Varsho got uh, uh, got some chances, got some run in 2020. Didn't play that well in 2020. Started off 2021 kind of slowly as well. But recently, Dalton Varsho dominating. I mean, in his last eight games, if depending on how big of a sample size if you want to look at, but over his last eight games, the last two weeks, Dalton Varsho batting 360, 1025 OPS. If you expand it to his last 19 games, batting 295, 951 OPS, got four home runs during that time. And Looking at his month-by-month splits, this is someone who's gone better just the last few months in September, October. He's batting 350 with 1031 OPS. He had an 866 OPS in August. He had a 986 OPS in July. This is someone who's getting better as the season's wearing on. Dalton Varsho has been huge for this D-backs offense recently. He's been able to hit for power, hit for average, get on base, drive runs. I've been really impressed by the way Dalton Varsho has looked and the improvements he's had from last year, 2020, such a weird season, to 2021. And still, it's not like he's getting consistent playing time. He's gotten more recently, but it was in fluctuation to begin the season. So he's been able to take that with stride and really make the most of his opportunity and really show a lot here late in the season. And if you look at some of the things he's been able to improve on, I mean, his exit velocity has went from 86 to 88 miles per hour from 2020 to 2021. He's doubled his barrel percentage from 4.4 to 9.2%. Hard hit percentage went up from 38 to 41%. He's doing pretty much everything. Even his launch angle has went from 18.4 to 19.9. So not always a big jump in a lot of those areas, but across the board, he has gotten better, and that's what you want to see from your young players. You want to see improvement. You want to see your young players get better as they see more major league pitching. Can they adjust to the major league level? There's so many guys, especially in the D-backs organization, they, there seems to be so many of these quad players, as some people call them. I believe that's what they're called, quad players. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but players who crush in AAA, but don't can't necessarily crush on the major league level. And Dalton Varsho could have been one of those guys. We know what he's done on the minor league level. He's basically, he's on, when he's playing in the minors, he's basically a 30-30 guy. And we haven't seen that exactly translate to the major league level, but he's been showing a lot of promise recently. And this is someone that makes me wonder what kind of role does he have in this organization going forward? Of course, Carson Kelly seems like he's going to be the everyday catcher. Carson Kelly is still having a good season, too, by his standards. Carson Kelly's numbers on the year, actually, I'm going to look him up. But 
You don't expect Dalton Varsho to play catcher anytime soon. Uh, Carson Kelly on the season, batting 248, so that's dropped a little bit. 787 OPS, still got 11 home runs. I guess he's taken a really big dip recently. I haven't looked at his splits too recently. Might have to do a deep dive on Carson Kelly soon. But you still expect Carson Kelly to be the catcher of the near future. So where does that put a guy like Dalton Varsho? Right now, it seems like maybe he's going to be an outfielder for the D-backs. Yes, they have Alec Thomas. Yes, they have Corbin Carroll. But right now, why not Dalton Varsho as an everyday outfielder for the D-backs until we know an Alec Thomas is an established starter and he is an everyday major leaguer. Same with Corbin Carroll. David Peralta, we're coming to the end of his time. We're coming to the end of the David Peralta era. So we're going to need to usher in the next era of D-backs outfielders. And why not start with Dalton Varsho? Put Carson Kelly in at catcher. Dalton Varsho can be a backup catcher to him for the days that Carson Kelly rests. And on the days he doesn't, I think Dalton Varsho is a good enough athlete and a good enough outfielder to be an everyday corner outfielder for this D-backs team going forward because the way his bat has improved over the last few weeks, over the last couple months, he seems like he can be good enough offensively with the the power he displays, with the speed that he displays. I, I can't imagine, I can't think of too many more players that have a, a higher upside and a higher ceiling when it comes to offense and what they can do at the plate than a Dalton Varsho. So for that reason, I can see Dalton Varsho being a everyday corner outfielder and backup catcher for the D-backs for the foreseeable future. Now we'll talk about another D-backs future in Seth Beer and what his future is with the D-backs organization. Where does he fit in? But first, did you know Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There's a flavor for everyone. And the reason why I love Bilt Bar is because it's healthy. My health conscious guy I try to go to the gym every day, but I also have a sweet tooth, and Built Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber, so it's great for the keto diet. Just go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the pod and let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Seth Beer, who is finally on the major league level and he made his announcement. He made his entrance with a, a ferocious triumph by smashing in his first at bat a home run. Seth Beer, Seth Beer, Seth Beer, this is someone we've wanted to see in a D-backs uniform for the longest time. Everyone said, don't worry, we're not going to see this guy because he can't play defense. We're not going to see him until they bring the DH back to the National League. Well, you know what Seth Beer had to say to that? Screw that. That's what Seth Beer had to say. I I can't really cuss or say anything to profanity lace on this podcast so that's what we're gonna say Seth Beer said he said screw that because Seth Beer and his first game hit a home run hit his bomb hit a bomb and ever since then 
Seth Beer has been crushing Major League pitching. Seth Beer in a very, very small sample size is batting about 500 on this season. Seems like he's getting a hit in almost every at bat. He's absolutely crushing. He's picking up RBIs. He's doing everything you would expect Seth Beer to do because this is someone who has crushed minor league pitching. This is someone who's crushed college pitching. Wherever Seth Beer has gone, he has absolutely crushed it. So does it shock anyone that now that he's on the major league level, he's continuing to crash. He was batting 287 with 909 OPS and 16 home runs in 100 games in Triple A with Reno. This is someone even in 2019 was also dominating in the minor leagues. This is someone who dominated in the minor leagues when he was with the Houston Astros. It's why he was a big part of that Zach Greinke package because of the Seth Beer has and. Everyone has wanted to see Seth Beer on the major league level. He's 24 years old, but his defense has always been what has kept him back from reaching his full potential and seeing him on the major league level. But at this point, the season with the D-backs potentially going for the worst record in franchise history and hopefully the worst record in baseball, what does defense matter? Maybe his poor defense can actually help the D-backs cause of getting the number one pick in baseball. So I don't think it's that bad of a, I don't think it's that bad that Seth Beer may not be major league ready when it comes to defense because that can actually help the D-backs cause for getting the worst record in baseball. So either way, it's a win-win to see Seth Beer on the major league level. And now, if he does continue to crush, where does that leave him? Are the D-backs ready to commit to Seth Beer as a full-time first baseman? We know the CBA talks are coming soon, and the DH might be back in the National League. If Major League Baseball elects to go with the universal DH, does that mean it's time for a new era of first base with Seth Beer in a D-backs uniform? Is it time? We, of course, got Paven Smith, a first-round pick not too long ago. And Paven Smith, he's having a solid season for the D-backs. There's no shade to Paven Smith. He's been a good player this year for the D-backs. But you also look at Christian Walker. He is a guy in his early 30s. Hasn't really performed as well this season compared to our expectations of him coming into the year. I had... I, I thought Christian Walker was going to be a value in fantasy. I thought he was going to be a guy that, when healthy, was going to be 25 to 30 home runs, 75 ribbies. And Christian Walker really hasn't been that guy this season. So right now, you look at first base. This could be an opportunity for Seth Beer to plant his flag and take over if he does have a good final month, if he does have a good September. Christian Walker right now is batting 231 with 659 OPS and seven home runs. The season just hasn't been good enough from Christian Walker to make the D-backs feel like they have to let him keep his job. Pavin Smith, he's having a good year, a solid year, batting 267. 727 OPS, 10 home runs. It's a solid year, but also it's not uh, the kind of year that makes you want to commit long-term, makes you want to not look at your other options. If Paven Smith is your girlfriend, you might still have a wandering eye. And so with that being said, Seth Beer, this is his opportunity to make the case that he should be the D-backs first baseman of the future. Now, if they do bring the DH back, then 
you can still make the case that he needs to be on the major league roster regardless, but maybe it doesn't have to be the first baseman. So there's still hope for a Paven Smith or a Christian Walker to keep their job alongside a Seth Beer. But if we don't see the universal DH back, I'm fine with his mediocre defense because of what he can do offensively. It's not like Christian Walker's defense or Paven Smith's defense is all-time elite at first base. So with that being said, I'm okay with mediocre defense. As, as a trade-off because I'm getting a ceiling of potentially 30 home runs and 90 RBIs, a guy that could get on base and absolutely crush it. And so because of that, the, the D-backs need more offensively talented weapons. They just traded Eduardo Escobar to the Brewers. He's gone. That's 30 home runs. Gone. Ketel Marte. Hopefully he can get back to the 30 home run pace he was a couple of seasons ago. But to do that, he's going to stay. He needs to stay healthy, which he hasn't been able to do too much this season. Cole Calhoun, of course, hasn't been healthy this season. I think he's going to be a free agent soon. So the D-backs have question marks when it comes to offensive talent, especially power talent. And Seth Beers, one of the best power sluggers they have on this roster so because of that i think you have to keep seth beer around for the foreseeable future i don't think that's a hot take that they have to keep him around but i think they have to strongly consider giving seth beer a job because right now i look around the d-backs lineup there's not too many boppers in that lineup i think seth beer might have one of the best offensive potentials and one of the best offensive ceilings of any D-backs player in their organization. Now, maybe he's not a complete player, but when you look at home runs, when you look at average OPS, some of the more traditional raw basic stats that I think still matter, Seth Beer checks a lot of those categories. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Remember, come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight and also remember betting on the d-backs doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling get daily picks blowout specials wrong team favorite picks and lee sterling's lock of the day follow the locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts and as always come back tomorrow and don't forget to stay safe and stay healthy deuces